This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is JJ Barrett, and you're listening to The Step Back. I like this, TK. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Don't get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, it get tragic. Yeah, Look with the ball, tragic. yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Don't got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Seth thought I'm rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking hats, dang, go relax. Still at the champ, Diva still coming with the Calibus flow. The master back. Welcome back to the step back, everybody. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my DallasBasketball.com colleague and co-host, Matt Galatson. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about tonight, mostly uh, free agency related. But first, we'll start with the, the Mavs' loss, home loss, versus the Spurs last night. Uh, it was a 112-105 loss. Luka, he really had a, a tough game. Uh he only went 5 of 18 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, only 1 of 9 from the, the free throw stripe, uh, only 12 points. Uh, he did have two blocks. He had seven assists. He had six rebounds, but he was a negative 11 for the game. And, I mean, he just – after straining his knee in the game before that, uh, he was questionable before this game and uh, – it really just looked like he shouldn't have been out there. But, uh, Matt, what do you think? You think they made the right decision, or, or you think he should have sat? Well, I don't think they would have played him had they felt any sort of, um, you know, thoughts that he, he couldn't go or if there was any risk of uh, of any kind of injury. You know, I, I think they know that he means just about everything to the franchise. Um, so they wouldn't risk – him getting injured or, you know, having something worse happen just to, you know, try and save face against Greg Popovich when they're obviously in the midst of an organic tanking run. Um, so I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, obviously, you know, him not being out there a hundred percent, um, kind of showed, but it is what it is. Um, I'm not too really too worried about anything like that. Well, and, to me, I, I I feel like if if it wasn't against the Spurs, if it wasn't a nationally televised game on on TNT at home, uh, I feel like they they seriously con- uh, reconsider that and you know sit Luca instead of having him play. But I mean, he's a tough guy. He he probably told him he was good. Everything checked out with the knee. It was just a probably just a mild sprain and. Uh, you know, everything checked out medically, and he wanted to play, so they let him play. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's what you want, uh, your guy being tough and fighting through it and all that. But 
on the other hand, you know, he, he's 20 years old. This season is lost. You know, we've we've spent a considerable amount of time talking about organic tanking and uh, the Mavs' potential odds heading into the lottery and all that. So, I mean, it's not it's not hurting them, uh, so to speak, if, if they were to sit him. So, I, I think it was just the – the perfect storm you know he he didn't seriously hurt himself the other night just enough to hobble him a little bit and then given that it was the Spurs at home and it was on TNT uh he played but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he sat at Denver um Friday so well he might not even make the trip or Thursday is it Um, Thursday yeah Thursday he might not even make the trip but just you know from my perspective I don't I don't think there's any way that had he shown any sign of, you know, the, the injury getting worse in any way, that he would have even been dressed out for the game. So I guarantee you the conversation was, oh, you know, you know, Luca, we took a MRI or whatever of your knee, and there's no structural damage, just a little strain. So you know, there's 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 nothing really to worry about here. You know, you're just going to be day to day. And he was probably just like, no, I'm going to play. And they're just like, well, if you really want to, it's fine. And he's like, no, 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 I am going to play. And they're just like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, whatever you say, sir, <laughs> whatever you want, Luca, you can have it. Just take it. But yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat it too much. He, he, he just had a really bad game. He is, we've, we've forgotten this a lot throughout this season, but he is still a rookie uh, that hasn't had too many of those, you know, rookie-type games. But this was definitely one of them, and he still ended up putting up 12, 6, and 7. Now, he did have nine turnovers, which is atrocious. Uh, the free-throw thing really has to has to be fixed this offseason. Well, it's uh, got to be the primary focus this offseason, right? I think it has to be the – the three-point shooting, we've seen it before. When when he's rested, uh, you know, when he when he has his legs underneath him, that three-point shot is fine. Uh, the free throws, though, I mean, there's just something there's something there that needs to be tweaked, and I think they'll they'll take a long, hard look at it this summer and and have it corrected. But a guy that didn't have any trouble shooting free throws last night for the Mavs was Jalen Brunson, and really he 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 didn't have any trouble. Uh, doing much I mean he 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 was 12 of 16 from the field a career high 34 points he was one of the Mavs only you know plus uh, rated plus minus guys for the night Uh, he was three of six from three-point land Uh, and like I said he, he was really good from the free throw line he made all seven of his and he had five rebounds and four assists to go along with it he was just he was really spectacular uh, for the Mavs, it's been really fun to see where Jalen Brunson started this year, and you know where where he's gotten to now. And really, uh, I said this when JJ Barea went down with that uh, unfortunate Achilles injury. We all hated it for Barea, but I just I, I felt like the extra playing time for Brunson, uh, getting that chance early on in his career. 
it, it's really it, you can really tell how it's helped him out this this second half of the season. So it's been really fun to watch. Uh, he's he's been getting better and better, and I mean it, it's going to continue to get better going into his his sophomore season. He's going to be a big contributor for the Mavs next year. What what were your thoughts on Brunson? Well, I mean he had thirty four points. It's it's incredible. Um, I, when they drafted him in, in June, I never thought he would have a game like that. Um, not even for a second. <clears throat> but, and honestly, you know, I'll, when the year started, I, I kind of saw him as a as a guy who would spend some time in Dallas and some time in, in Frisco, you know, just getting as much playing time as he could, going back and forth, whatever. But Yeah, he hasn't now, been in Frisco once. No, no, he hasn't. And, um he's been much better than I expected. He he's continues to get better and better every week. Um, and it's not inconceivable that, you know, he turns himself into what JJ Barea was for the Mavericks during their championship run. Um, or really even what Jason Terry was doing. I mean, if he continues to improve on that three point shot, he was hitting it like butter last night. And um, if he continues to do that, you know, he could be, you know, six-man material for a, you know, really good playoff team. Yeah, and I've said this for a while. He His game, and he may not he may not reach this level, uh, and he might. I mean, we, we just don't know that yet. But the way he plays and his build, it, it really reminds me of Kyle Lowry uh, with Toronto. I mean, he – I th- I think he's got a little bit of that in him. Like I said, I, I don't know if he's going to ever, you know, reach that level, but he can be that uh, on a spark plug, uh, spark plug level, you know, for the Mavs. So that's who he reminds me of. Yeah, I didn't even realize he was. He's bigger than Kyle, than Kyle Lowry. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he is. A little, people don't realize that uh, Jalen Brunson's six three. Yeah. I thought he was J.J. Height. That's my bad, Jalen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, he's a lot bigger than most people think, and he's able to use that. Uh, I mean, he's got like a, a bigger frame than what you think just looking at him. He's able to muscle his way to the rim and get these tough layups. He's able to hang and uh, finish through contact. I mean, let me ask you this. Right now, and I mean, I, I, I'm going to answer this, and you know how I feel about Dennis Smith Jr., but is Jalen Brunson better than Dennis Smith Jr. is right now? Because I say I say he is. Yes. He's not the same athlete, but he's a better basketball player. Right. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any question about that. Right. Because I mean, uh, he's a he's a better. Pl- he's not. He's he he's not as good defensively, because Dennis made huge strides in the offseason defensively, and he's arguably the Mavs' best perimeter defender this season before they before they traded him. But as far as you know, uh, playmaking, shooting, free throw shooting, um, finishing, all the other li- finishing all the other little things, he's much much better and much smarter finishing around the rim. He doesn't make it as flashy. He doesn't make it unnecessary. He just tries to get the ball in the hoop. And <clears throat> I, I feel like yes, he he is a better he's a he's a much better player than Dennis Smith Jr. at this point. He doesn't have the same ceiling because he doesn't have that athleticism. But at this point in their careers, I think he's a better player. Yeah, I, 
I agree with that, and that that's where I was going with it as well. I I definitely think he's he's a better player, and I think the Mavs. I know a lot of us wanted you know we wanted them to draft a big wing with that second round pick, but I mean it, it looks like they've really hit a home run there with with drafting Brunson. Rick Carlisle said uh, the entire year that Brunson should have been a I think it was a what do you say top fifteen top ten. I think yeah, it was top. Like I think it was top fifteen, but he uh, he definitely said that Brunson should have been a first rounder, and I I I agree with that. He's been really good. There's a lot of teams, you know, uh, Orlando, which they just they, they recently traded for uh, Markel Fultz, but uh, Orlando, Phoenix, and a couple other teams that really could have used him this season that that passed on him. So. Uh, good game from Brunson. Tough game for Luca. Like I said, next game uh, they'll be at Denver uh, tomorrow night, and then they'll be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers at home on Saturday. And another stat line from the game last night: Dirk. He started out uh, sizzling. He he had eight points on three of three from the field. Uh, but he didn't score from that point on. Only played 18 minutes, finished three of five with his eight points, uh, had three rebounds too. But uh, after that game, uh, he now sits 27 points away from passing Wilt Chamberlain for six on the all-time scoring list. Do you think that Dirk can get those 27 points in these next two games? And – and pass Wilt during that Cleveland game that that's at home on Saturday. Well, apparently Larry Nance Jr. can't guard Dirk for shit. So <laughs> that, that is a <laughs> I good be point. Sur- I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it against Cleveland at all, because um, that's who he got his thirty thousand points against. That that is very observant of you. I'm that that's awesome. Now I'm more confident than ever that, that Dirk's going to get it Saturday. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, he's he's shown already this year that in the last couple of weeks that he can get, you know, 12, 13, 14 in the game. So I have no reason to believe he can't get, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 points against Denver and then turn around and roast Larry Nance Jr. for a little bit on Saturday. Well, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't get it Saturday, if he can't, if he can't score 27 points in the next two games, uh, you know, there there is another home game on Monday after the Cleveland game against the New Orleans Pelicans. But after that, then you've got three straight road games at Portland, at Sacramento, at Golden State. So, you, I mean, it's got to – to me, it's got to happen either against Cleveland or New Orleans – and I would prefer it to be Cleveland for personal reasons. And also, I mean, it's just a weekend game. You've got the, the weekend crowd. Uh, I just, I don't know. I really want it to be that game. So, we'll we'll see if he can do it. I think he can. And I'm really glad you brought up the Larry Nance point. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm more confident than ever. <laughs> It'll happen for you, Dalton. Don't worry. I really hope I'm so. Call, I'm calling it right now. He will get that bucket in the second quarter against Cleveland. Well, I, I He's going to really, come out firing. He's going to come out firing. I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, 
Well, as far as the other side, that that San Antonio loss we were talking about, you know, DeRozan did his thing, LaMarcus Aldridge did his thing, but uh, we did have a versus Mavs All Star performance from Derek White. Did you see? Not every okay, Dalton. Not every player that plays against the Mavericks that has a good game is a versus Mavs All Star. Yes, he is. He he's not. <laughs> he's not a versus Mavs All Star. He just had a good first half. No. He is a versus Mavs all-star. Let me explain this. A versus Mavs... Here's how I come up with these. If he... Okay, so let's say Derek White, he he shot 10 of 16 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, had 23 points in 33 minutes. So his averages on the season are 9.8 points per game. On, let's see, he is shooting 49% from the field, 34% from three. Okay, so in, in, in this game versus the Mavs, he shot 62.5%. I mean, okay, <laughs> but also since the end of February, he scored 15, 14, 11, 18, and 23. Okay, so, what's, what, what was the highest total there? 18. No. No. <laughs> it was 23. Okay. It was 23 against the Mavs, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's been trending up this month. And the Mavs are not a good defensive team. So, well, I don't I, I think he has to have a couple of more good games. Like DJ Augustine is a versus Mavs All-Star if there ever was one. He has to have a Derek White has to have a couple more good games for me to consider him a versus Mavs All-Star. Okay. Well, I'm always going to look at the season averages, and I mean, if it <laughs> if it's he that, also had 26 against Brooklyn at the end of January, so well he's a good player. Well, I'll give him that he is a good player, but still, like I said, it he's he's really been or he really outplayed his his season averages versus the math. But anyway, we could argue about that forever because you're not going to change my mind on that, but. We'll move. <laughs> we'll move on. We're gonna we're gonna start talking about you know a lot of Mavs free agency stuff. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Kimball Walker and uh, I know Matt. He he really wants to set a lot of stuff straight on that front. And we're gonna get into some of the other big name free agency free agents. And we're gonna get in you know to some of the second tier guys and kind of do like a would you rather type type game with some of those guys, but. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. All right, guys. Now we're going to talk a little Mavs free agency stuff with, with y'all. Uh, you know, Here recently, there's been reports that Kimball Walker is the Mavs' top uh, priority this summer. That was from the Charlotte Observer. And, I mean, we've talked about this, Matt. He's really, I mean, I know, I realize that this is mostly agent talk and, uh, you know, they got to they gotta try and get Kimba his money this summer. But I really just, I don't believe that Kimba is the Mavs' top target. Like we've talked about, they've got, they've got this thing we call Plan K, and that plan starts with Kevin Durant at the top. And then, like Fish has been saying, if – as soon as he says no, then you move on. Then you move on to Clay Thompson and so forth. So Kimba, 
in my opinion, he's probably somewhere around maybe fifth, fifth or sixth on that list. Uh, I think he, he should be much lower. Well, I was about to say you, you feel pretty strongly that uh, that he should be a lot lower than that. I think he's a really good player. Uh, I mean, he's not he's not what the Mavs need by any means, but. Uh, why don't you go into telling us why you feel the way you do about Kemba? Well, I have I have kind of two ways to to attack this on on why I think this is just an absurd report. Um, I mean, it's not. I'm I have no doubt that the Charlotte that this is what the Charlotte Observer heard and that he reported what he was told. Um, so it's not a shot at at, at that writer. What I'm saying yeah. is, and you you kind of touched on it earlier for one of my points, and that is, this is agent talk. This is all the, the free agency talk around ESPN and NBA TV and the TMT postgame show has been about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Jeff Schwartz, who is a Mavs buddy and, and Kimball Walker's free agent, or Kimball Walker's agent, just... He doesn't want his client to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, he they, wants teams. He wants teams to remember that he is one of the top guys out there, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Look, if you if you don't believe that Kimba hasn't been lost in the shru- in the shuffle, I mean, I absolutely agree with that because you know the NBA All Star Game was in Charlotte this year. You had Kimba, the hometown guy, and then. Basically, you know, Steph Curry, he's from he's from North Carolina, so uh you know, they featured him and Seth and uh Dale Curry and then the actual all star game, in my opinion, Dirk kinda stole the show with his uh his flamethrower moment hitting three really deep threes and uh you really didn't hear much about Kimba Walker. So I mean when when you're the when when the all-star game is in your hometown and you're playing in front of that hometown as an all-star and you kind of get overshadowed that that kind of tells you where you're at yeah and then and then another way i look at it is is from a fit perspective i mean if you think about this logically without i mean i don't i don't know how many people like just are seeing the name Kemba Walker and then seeing that he was an all-star starter and then watch his sports center highlights and then they're like, Ooh, you know, he would be a good Maverick. It's like, well, really think about it for a minute. Like first <clears throat> the guy's six foot one. He, he doesn't guard anybody. He's not an efficient shooter. And I've got some numbers to prove this year. And this was before on, I think it was Monday night he played against the Rockets and just absolutely went off. And I was looking at these numbers before that game. So these numbers, these are from really Monday afternoon, and we're recording this, you know, after that, obviously. But when I looked this up, there was 98 players in the NBA who were better than him in three-point shooting percentage. And the players that were ahead of him at that time were Justin Jackson, Alfred Okaminu, Jeff Green, and Amon Shumpert. Mm. That's not that's not good. There were 101 players who were better from the field overall, including Russell Westbrook, 
who's having one of his worst shooting shooting seasons of his career. Dennis Smith Jr. and Reggie Jackson. And yeah, then yeah, that's not he's, great. No, he's tenth in the NBA in usage rate. Which, if you think about that, there's other players like Kyrie Irving, who is who has less usage than him by quite a bit. He Kyrie's nineteenth in the NBA in usage. And he's so he's tenth in usage rate. But he's 93rd in turnover ratio, 128th in assist ratio, and 187th in true shooting percentage behind Wes Matthews, P.J. Tucker, Jabari Parker, and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Yeah. So, I mean, I... And my, fi- my final thing here, and a lot of this should resonate with a lot of Dallas people, we were frustrated with Dennis Smith's shooting. His shoot... And, and, and I think people watch Kimba... And like I said a minute ago, and they think he's Kyrie Irving, light, kind of. They they see kind of the same traits a little bit, but they're really they're 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 in different stratospheres. And his shooting numbers are much closer to Dennis Smith Jr. than Kyrie Irving. He's I think he shoots th- like from three he shoots thirty five percent, and Dennis Smith shoots thirty three percent I think. And Kyrie's all the way up at 42. And that's just one stat. Every other stat, Kyrie blows him out of the water. So why, if both of these guys are free agents, and Kyrie's not only a better shooter, passer, more efficient player, and all these different things, would he not be your number one target? Because you don't pick Kimball Walker as your number one target just because of his agent and call it a day. So I don't, I don't know what other reason people are saying he would be the top target. Well, and look, I, I I get I get what you're saying with all those stats and I mean that's that's really not great that you know he's he's being associated with with the players you named off there, but uh I just I can't sit here and say that Kimba Walker and Dennis Smith Junior are on the same level because I mean it's just not it's not even close right now. I mean I don't think so either. I'm just saying in terms of shooting efficiency they're closer to each other than Kemba is to Kyrie. And let me say, I think this is this is my personal comparison for Kemba, and I know he's he's like an inch or so shorter than him, but it, it's kind of like when Mon, Monte Ellis was with Golden State. Uh, you know, he was putting up 24, 25 points per game. Uh, his shooting from the field and his three-point shooting was, you know, similar to what Kemba's is now. Uh, and then, you know, once he left Golden State and went to Milwaukee, uh, his numbers kind of dropped a little bit. So, you know, Charlotte, they haven't been a good team by any means. Uh, so that, that could have something to do with it. But as far as just his efficiency and how he plays, I, I think I, I, you know, relate him to, to Monte Ellis more than, than, than I would somebody like Dennis Smith Jr. Just because, just because of those, few reasons that's kind of like I said Monte is a little bit taller but you know just the way uh, the way things worked out for Monte and Golden State and how Kimba's putting up big numbers in Charlotte I I kind of make that comparison there and I, I think they're pretty similar can I make can I make one more point real quick Dalton of course I think that when you're approaching this free agency there's 
there's one thing you really need to to look at as far as you know <clears throat> the big guy you're going after. Does he have a higher usage rate than Luca? If that player has a higher usage rate than Luca, he should be off your list. And there's only two, there's only two unrestricted free agents who have higher usage rates than Luca, and that's D'Angelo Russell and Kemba. Both of them should be off the list. They should not have higher usage rates than your best player, who is also your point guard. Kyrie even has a lower usage rate than Luca. So does Kawhi. So does Kevin Durant. All the other Ks fall below Luca. That's just where I sit on it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. You uh, now that being said, <laughs> you know if they if they come out and sign Kevin Durant, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying that Luca is is going to continue to have that high usage rate or the highest usage rate on the team, but uh, he will be your facilitator, and you'll have a guy like KD. You'll want to have them on the court at the same time together. Uh, so I mean, it'll it'll probably be hand in hand there. I don't think Luke is just going to be like the guy, but uh, I, I get what you're saying there. But you definitely want to, you know, have at least a couple of guys that you can you can lean on. Like last night, you know, he had a he had a really poor shooting game. Uh, he was still able to you know get some rebounds and assists and all that. And Jalen Brunson had a really good game. Uh, to kind of you know make up for that, but it's it still wasn't enough. You still they need as many guys as they can get that can just give you an automatic bucket when you're struggling. And I mean it, it it'd be absolutely incredible if they could land a guy like KD or Clay. But I, I agree with your point on you know not signing definitely a point guard that's gonna or that currently has a higher usage rate than Luca. Well, in I think the one person on the entire free agent list that you make that exception for is Kevin Durant because he's the best player on the planet. Um, but I, and another thing is Kemba is going to attract a max, a max offer, right? Yes. I mean, are, are we all in agreement on that? <laughs> yes. Everyone listening, I'm sure, is too. He's going to get a max offer. So... Why would you not take that money and split it between two players who bring you more playmaking and better shooting like Goran Dragic and Malcolm Brogdon and put them both together on the floor with Luka? I think that's a way better option I think than that, Kimba. I think that's a good option too, but my thing is I don't think if you're going to get – Malcolm Brogdon from Milwaukee, I don't think you're going to be able to, you know, get him for that price. With with him having a, a 50-40-90 season for them and, you know, as good as that team has been, I think you're going to – the only way I think the Mavs could get in to the, the Brogdon sweepstakes is if they just made an insane offer. Would make that offer and and use your trade exception to get Dragic. Now let me ask you this because this you know I, I mentioned it earlier where this is just uh, this is one you know would you rather scenario. If you had to choose, which I I know I know, I know what you're gonna say on this, but 
just for something our listeners can ponder on here. If you had to choose between giving Kimball Walker a max for, say, the next three, four years, starting at $32 million, or Malcolm Brogdon a max contract, and his his would start at $27 million, so it would be $5 million less than Kimba. Who are you picking there if you had to give a max contract? I would pick Brogdon. I wouldn't even think twice about it. Well, see, I don't know. I It depends on the length of the contract, but I don't know. I I'd still I'd still probably take Kimba for, for that money. You know, $5 million difference, uh what he produces, you know, scoring-wise. Now Brogdon, he he does a lot of he's he's like a glue guy. He does a little bit of everything. But I think, you know, if we're just looking at it from a scoring perspective and what what the Mavs need in in that category and if we're talking about that much money i i think i'm going to take kimba if the deal's you know around three years and not you know not four but well i don't i don't think they need a pure score out of free agency because i think they have that with porzingis i think he's going to be your number one scorer next year but they need so they need they need a, at least one more person, in, in my opinion, that can, you know, make create their own shot. Uh, Brogdon it, can create he, his own shot. He's he's four inches taller than Kimba. He plays ex, it, way better defense than Kimba. And like you said, he's he's 50, 40, 90, whereas Kimba is 40, 30, 50, or 40, 30, 80. So... I mean, he's 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 it's, it, except for volume scoring, he's better than Kimba in almost every category. Right, but I guess that's the only for that money. Now, what you were saying earlier, you know, if we could get you know two players for the price of what Kimba's max would start out at, you know, almost thirty three million dollars, then absolutely. But you know, with with Brogdon basically playing in the the shadows of Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Chris Middleton, I mean, that's a lot of money to commit to a guy that, you know, you haven't seen – you haven't really seen him in a – in a bigger role than what he is. And, I mean, that's fine. What what he's producing now is fine, but I just don't – I don't think I'd want to give him $27 per – you know, for the next three or four years. But, uh, I mean, in my opinion, either one would be a a good option for the Mavs in the short term, Brogdon more so in the long term. But uh, I don't know. It's tough when you start talking about, you know, (laughs) you get up in the $27 max contract talk. I mean, I I don't know. Well, I mean, another guy who – compares very favorably to Kemba in terms of per 100 possessions, shooting percentages, assists. He actually is better in assists, but is D'Angelo Russell. I mean, would you give would you give D'Angelo Russell a max contract? 
I probably wouldn't, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I would. I mean, they'd they'd have to really. It'd have to be like a lot further down the totem pole from you know what their free agency plans are before we'd even get to that point. And even then, I don't think you have to you know get desperate enough to throw that kind of money at that kind of player. I think D'Angelo Russell is a really good player, but I just I don't think I'd pay him max money. All right, let me let me put it to you this way. I'm going to read these two stat lines off and you tell me which player you'd rather have, okay? All right. Player 1, 43.2% from the field, 35.9% from 3, 5.9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 34.9 points. This is per 100 possessions. Okay, player two. 43% from the field, 36% from three, 5.8 rebounds, 10.8 assists, 32.4 points. Well, obviously I'm going to take the second guy. That's D'Angelo Russell. The first one was Kemba Walker. Well, <laughs> mm. Well, you're also talking. I mean, again, it's it's per what you what was it per 100 possessions? Per 100 possessions, yes. I don't know. And the numbers the numbers are also similar per 36 minutes. I mean, it's not that much of a difference there. As far as those kinds of differences. Well, I mean, I I guess like I said again, if if you're gonna commit that much money, in my opinion, if there's a way you can do that without having, you know, you don't want to get in a situation like we did with with Wes Matthews. You know, signed him, he was making around seventeen, eighteen million a year. That was a max contract for him at the time. But you know, just we couldn't even trade him until the very end. And even when we did trade him, we got Kristaps, of course, in that in that deal. But you know, we had to take on. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee, who have remaining years on their contract, you know, we had to absorb that extra money just to trade Wes's expiring deal. So, I mean, you don't want to potentially get in a a situation that's going to hamstring you down the line like that. So, that's my only thing. I'm just – I don't think think Kimball Walker is immune to that conversation either. That's my point. I think he's massively, massively, massively overrated because he's literally the only player on that team and he has to go above and beyond just to keep them competitive every night. I mean, you saw what the Mavericks did to them when they didn't have him. Well, that's right too, but I mean, it's still, I mean, that's, it's pretty impressive when... And it's in the East. It's it's pretty impressive when... You can be the guy on the team, and even if he doesn't have a really talented team around him, and he's in the East and everything, twenty-five points a game, six assists per game, and you know, four point four rebounds for a six-one guard. I mean, I mean, it's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, any way you slice it, whatever you know, advanced stats you look at, the per one hundred possess- possessions, all that stuff. I mean, I just, I really think that. Uh, that Kimba's a little bit better than than what you're thinking, but I do get where you're coming from too. I I do think he is a little bit overrated, but I don't think he's as overrated as as what you're what you're saying. How old is Kevin Durant? 
Do we know? Off the, off the top of our heads. Kevin Durant. I can, I can look real quick. 30. Okay, he's the only... I think he's the only player in the NBA over 30 that I would give a max contract to. Or the only player over 28, excuse me. And Kemba Walker's 28, that's why I say that. Well, let me see here. Clay Thompson, I mean, he... How old is he? He should be 29. Okay, he's 29. So, okay, outside of Warriors players... That's <laughs> <laughs> about to I'd give, but I'd give Clay I, I have, I just, I, I have, I would, yeah, I would too. Well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Kimba being 28 years old and having that much usage for that long in his career, because he's been in the NBA as long as Kyrie has, but he's also two years older than Kyrie is, because they were in the same draft, I think. But I just, I don't, you know, I, I worry about giving a max contract to a guy that age with that much usage. I thought the Rockets, even though Chris Paul is still a very very good player and he's he was last year and he's he has been this year when he's been healthy the later years in that contract are what are really going to hurt them and I don't want the Mavericks to get into that situation for a guy like Kimball Walker who when he's 32 years old his his knees are breaking down because he was driven into the ground his first eight years in the NBA right and I mean look that's that's why I said you know, length of a contract would would matter too. It's kind of like we had Kirk Henderson on a few weeks back, and we were talking with him, and we got talking about Jimmy Butler, and that was uh, that was one of the things he was saying. You know, he would entertain the idea of the Mavs, you know, signing Jimmy Butler to a a max deal, but not like a true max deal. If it was like you know a two year deal, that would be something you know, worth exploring. Because, I mean, the Mavs just need, they need more star power. Even if it's not top, top tier star power, they need more than what they have. And Kimball Walker helps. Jimmy Butler helps. I mean, there there's a lot of these guys that, that you would take on a two, maybe even a three-year deal uh, that, you know, they're not perfect by any means, but they sure do help out a lot, and they probably make you a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, look, what 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 do we think the Mavericks need the most? Out of out of all the things, is it rebounding? They is need, it shooting? They need three. They need three-point shooting and they need rebounding. That's okay. the I mean, that's the two biggest thing and I really don't know what they need more. Probably rebounding. So but, you you want to you want to surround Luka with three-point shooters. So what they should do is say, who are the top six or seven three-point shooters in the free agency market? I can tell you who they are right now. Danny Green, Bohan, Bojan Bogdanovic, Malcolm Brogdon, Tobias Harris, Kyrie Irving, um, Clay Thompson, and that's the top, And Patrick Beverly. That's the top six or seven. I tell you, so I tell you those what, are the, man. Those are the seven guys that you should you should be. Should be higher, high on your higher on your list than Kemba. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, man, you you mentioned his name right there, and I really I don't think people are talking about him enough. But Tobias Harris, you know, he he averages twenty one points and eight rebounds per game. 
So he'll get you eight rebounds per game. He's a six nine power forward. That's what he's listed as as a power forward. But he shoots forty three point four percent from three. And if the plan is to to play Kristaps Porzingis at center, uh, you know that's that's exactly the kind of power forward you want is Tobias Harris. So. I mean, I you mentioned that name just then, and I, I was looking at his stats, and I'm thinking, like, man, I I don't I don't know why we're not talking about this guy more than we have been. I I think one of the reasons we haven't been talking about him more is that I Philadelphia is probably going to re-sign him. I don't I don't think they they made that trade just to to let him walk. Jimmy Butler is another story. I, I think those are two totally different kinds of transactions. Um. But if they do let Tobias slip away, I think he is an absolutely perfect fit. For, you know, like you said, 43% from three, uh, 53% from two, 56 or fit really closer to 57% from the field overall. I mean, the guy is, I said Kemba was massively, massively, massively overrated. This guy is massively underrated. I mean, I, I think he's a, he would be a perfect Maverick. And I don't, I don't want to hear anybody compare him to, to Harrison Barnes either. I, I heard that earlier in the year, and I was just like, oh, my God, stop. Well, and the reason the reason I say that we haven't been talking about him near enough, I, I feel like some of these guys like Chris Middleton and uh, Clay Thompson, you know, I I think they're probably going to stay put where they are. There's always a chance they could leave. I'm not saying that 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 can't happen, but I feel like you'd have a better chance of getting a guy like Tobias Harris if you throw if you threw big money at him. Because um, I mean, yeah, Philadelphia they they probably didn't make that trade with intentions of letting him walk, but uh, depending on how the season ends and depending on what they do with with Jimmy Butler too, I mean, you just—I don't know. I don't know what to think of that situation. I'd have to—I will need to pay more attention to Philadelphia the rest of this year just to see, you know, what that situation is like because I just get the feeling, without having you know watched them a lot since that trade, I have a feeling that he's more gettable than we think he is. Okay, well, that's that's another uh, another fun. Would you rather? Let's let's do uh, let's do Jimmy Butler and, and Tobias Harris. I'll let you answer that one. Oh man, for the money. And are we talking like just are we are, again? Are we talking like a short term deal or long term deal? Because that that factors into this. Um. Let's say. Let's say a two year deal. Two year deal. Like, or I don't know. I mean, like, what's uh, what do you consider a short term deal? A two year deal. I yeah. mean, a, a max, a max, a max is five years, right? Or is it four it's years? It's five if, like, you know, the the team that has bird rights can give five years, and then other teams can just give four years. Okay, so it would be four years then, right? Right. Okay, so four year deal for each of them. Uh, Tobias Harris, definitely. Because okay. I, I have more, I have more confidence in Tobias Harris's health. Um, he's the younger player. Uh, again, he shoots forty three percent from three, where Jimmy Butler is like. I think he's under thirty under thirty five. Yeah, he's 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 right under thirty five. 
Uh, he's an underrated defensive player, in my opinion. And, again, he he grabs eight rebounds a game, which that's something the Mavs – you know, he, he gives you a little bit of both of those things we talked about. They need rebounding. They need three-point shooting. He gives you a little bit of both. Yeah, and I like the idea of maybe if he is a Maverick, putting him at the three. Um, I mean, I don't really – honestly don't really subscribe to the whole positional – thing anymore i think it's more of just like you have five basketball players and each of them fills like you know certain responsibilities throughout the game um but if you know putting him with uh with luca and chris Stapps and i mean i don't know who else you have in your starting lineup at that point but like having trying to have a starting lineup of like all six seven and above i think would be awesome well, listen to that, like, and I don't know, I know you could, you know, get Tobias Harris and still find a way to get Goran Dragic on board as well, but if they could somehow maneuver, you know, even if it meant trying to find a, a salary dump for Hardaway Jr. or uh, Dwight Powell or even, you know, stretching Courtney Lee, I don't know, I don't know how much extra space they would need to create to make this possible, but think of a lineup of Drogic, Luca. I'm just putting Luca at the two for now. Like I said, this isn't you know real strict positionally, but just think Drogic, Luca, Boyan Bogdanovich, Tobias Harris, and Kristaps Porzingis. That's a fun team, man. That's a really dangerous team. That's a dangerous team, and you have your you know you have Luca, uh, Bogdanovich. Tobias Harris and Porzingis are all six eight and taller. I mean, they would probably give up about 137 points a game, but they would probably <laughs> score about 150. I mean, I I don't know about that. I mean, but I don't think people are are giving Luca enough credit. I think after he Luca is a baby giraffe on defense. I think that when he gets in an NBA weight room and he puts in the work. He's going to be better. He's not going to ever be a great defender, but he's big enough and he has the instincts to where he's he won't be terrible defensively. But he's not he's not there yet. I know he's not there yet. So, I know he's not. I think it's I think it's going to be 2 or 3 years before he gets to that level. Right now they're hiding him on defense. Well, I I've seen him have a couple of really good defensive games. When he's engaged and he's not, you know, worrying about if the the refs are giving him the call or you know, f- focusing on the on the stuff that really doesn't matter, and he's he's focused on defense. He he plays better than what most people probably think he does. But anyway, like I said, Tobias Harris, he's he's a good defensive player. Chris Stops, he averages like two blocks per game. Uh, you know, he needs to add a little bit of muscle, obviously, but uh, there's a reason they want to play him at at the five, not just to stretch the floor, but. He can he can bring you some uh, a, a paint presence, you know, uh, interior yeah. defense. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know exactly what they'd have to do to to steal Bogdanovich away from Indiana. But just looking at it, that that could be a really fun lineup for next year. Well, I, I think I think if that happens, there's no way that. Uh... Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, or Courtney Lee. I, Courtney Lee is not going to be on the team next year anyway. But there's no way that 
uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell on the team. If that happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean <laughs> – Let's look at this now. Let's you know we've we've obviously talked about the the top tier guys and uh, you know obviously the Mavs are going to go big fish hunting this this off season. But I mean let's think about some guys that you could throw some decent money at for like a one year deal because we we were talking about this before we came on. Uh, JJ Redick, you know he's he averages eighteen points per game for Philadelphia. Uh, he shoots not quite 40% from three, but he's, you know, he's close. And the last two seasons, he signed uh, one-year deals. And, it, you know, it's been uh, like this year, he, he's making $12.2 million for this one season. So, I mean, he's he's been signing and getting his money in, in one-year stints. So, what would you think of the Mavs signing a couple – or one or two guys – that fit that criteria, just like a one-year loaded deal, and then they're gone the next summer. Uh, I, I like it if it's – I mean, obviously I don't want to do that for a first-tier guy, like you said. No. But, I mean, for a guy like Redick, I, I would – man, I would really like that. He's, uh, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. I know he's 38% this year, but his career he's over 40%. Uh, last year he was in the year before he was uh, 42% both those years he was f- almost 48% in 2015-16 which is just nuts and he's you know, you know who who's a good comparison for this um, think about at least it, for Mavs fans perspectives because they've seen this before think of him as Doug McDermott on steroids like he just runs around all over the place. He's super, and he can play defense. He runs around all over the place, and oh, he's, you know, he's like the Energizer cut, Bunny. He, he does not yeah, stop he, moving. Those backdoor cuts. He, he's always looking for an open shot. Him and Luca together, I think, would be very, very, very dangerous combo. Well, and this is another guy that uh, you know, just off the top of my head. I'm thinking about guys that I wouldn't mind having on a one-year deal and, you know, even if it was north of, like, $10 million or somewhere around what J.J. Reddick's making now. But uh, what about Rudy Gay? Because, you know, he's come yeah. back he, – he's 32 years old. He's only averaging 14 points a game, uh, six and a half rebounds a game. But he's a six eight small forward, and he's shooting 41.4% from three for the Spurs. So, I mean – uh, you don't think he could be one of those guys? Man, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm kind of I'm out on Rudy Gay. Um, there's other guys I'd rather throw a one year deal at. Uh, Paul Millsap is one of those guys. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Danny Green. Uh, Danny Green's one of those guys. Miritich is one of those guys. Um, I'd actually give Danny Green more than one. I mean, I if, if Danny Green wanted to sign for you know around ten million dollars for the next two or three years, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Uh, Marcus Morris is another one of those guys. Although, like Kirk said in our previous podcast a couple weeks ago, I don't think that they're going to go anywhere near a clutch sports client again for a while. Yep. 
Um, <clears throat> Ricky Rubio. Ter- yeah, Terrence Ross, <laughs> I think, would be a good one. Um, I really think, actually, that I believe I was. Te- I think I was texting you about this the other night. I firmly believe Terrence Ross needs to be a Maverick like as soon as possible. He'd be a good um, six man, a six man material kind of guy. So yeah, he's he's a really good second unit guy. Uh, he's he's again he's one of the best uh, three point shooters in the entire NBA. Um, if you're talking about like from a career perspective, uh, this year he's shooting 37%. Um, he's getting better each and every year. Um, he, he had a down year in 2017-18, but for the most part he's been around thir- between 37 and 39% his whole career. Um, and he's also really athletic guy. He can get up and dunk. Um, but I think he'd be a great second unit score type guy. I mean, we saw what he, you saw what he did to the Mavericks the other night. You know, mm-hmm. I think he had 24 points or whatever. Um, and in the first half, he was just on fire. And <clears throat> he seems like a much more efficient player than Wes Matthews was or Tim Hardaway Jr. is right now. So that's another guy I'd, I'd look at there. Okay, another guy I want to get your thoughts on is Kelly Oubre Jr. Because over his last 10 games, he's averaged almost 20 points, six rebounds, and nearly two steals. And, I mean, he's just been – he's playing really good basketball uh, for the Suns. And he's a guy that I was interested in when he was uh, with the Wizards, too. I, I, you know, he he had been – there had been some rumors about the Mavs, you know, being interested in him – in trade talk, you know, the last couple of seasons. And uh, he's somebody that I would be interested in for the right price this summer. What, what's your thoughts on Kelly Oubre? Well, his nickname is uh, Wave Poppy. So. Oh, man. Okay, next. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, I was going to say I love that. No, wave poppy. I'm Bring out. me Wave Poppy. <laughs> no, but uh, honestly, though. No, uh, I'm just kidding. T- what what I want to know, what does Kelly Oubre bring that the Mavericks need, in your opinion? Because I don't really see anything. He's 32.6% from three. That's the best he's shot in three seasons. Um, he's less than 80% from the line. I mean, 16.3 points per game is good. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he's taken 14 shots a game and hitting 44%. Well... He gives you another another big body with a long wingspan. Like like I mentioned, you know what he's been doing here lately, averaging two steals per game. Uh, you know he's six seven. He can score points in bunches at times. I mean the the shooting percentages aren't great. They're not where you'd want them to be. But that's why I said for the right price. I mean I think he's one of those guys that uh, if you get to the you know near the bottom of the of the totem pole that I mentioned earlier of the Mavs free agency priorities you know he's one of those guys that could potentially fall through the cracks uh being a restricted free agent because uh, you know I I could kind of see it being like a Nerlens Noel situation him thinking he's going to get more money than you know what he's actually going to get and uh <laughs> You're not making me very confident here, Dalton. You're talking about Nerlens Noel. I, I'm not comparing him to Nerlens Noel. I said it could be a situation like that. I'm just, I'm just saying you're talking about a hot dog stealer. Well, and, you're, and then you're bringing up Kelly Oubre. And I'm just not. 
Is it Ubre or is it Ubra? I, Pronunciation on basketball reference says Ubra. That I've always heard Ubre. I'm not changing it now. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about Kelly Ubra anymore since you've <laughs> since I've since you've ruined it for me. But anyway, there, there's one hey, more. I, there's one more. Would I, you rather? And you need to go ahead and tell us that. <laughs> yes. Uh, first of all, back for one second. Back to Kelly Ubre. I'm not oh, trying God. to talk to you. I'm not trying to talk you out of Kelly Oubre. I'm trying to get you to talk me into Kelly Oubre. That's all I was doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's there's not a lot to where I can just turn you into a Kelly Oubre super fan, but he's one of those guys that if you get to the end of free agency and he's still there and he's not he hasn't gotten what he thought he could get and the Mavs still have some cap space, then you know, maybe you maybe you toss him a little ball in there even if it's like a one-year deal. I don't know. Well, that's fair. I, I see that's we were talking about one-year deals a few minutes ago. I think that would be a good one-year deal. See what you get out of the guy, kind of a thing. But then again, if it's one-year deal, he's restricted free agent. I, you know, highly doubt Phoenix doesn't match that. But anyway, we'll move on from Kelly Ubra. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one other, uh, would you rather? I, I was kind of kicking around in my head while we were discussing these other guys. Um, is it's with big guys. Um, I know we're, we've all been talking about Chris Stapps Porzingis being, you know, the Mavs envisioning him as a five, but I mean, like Bobby's Corrales said in our podcast last week, he's always been more comfortable in, in the role of four. Um, so I, I would like to think that he's going to have some preference on what he's doing on, or, you know, some insight onto what he's doing on the floor. So, <clears throat> Two more free agents are Nikola Vucevic and Boogie Cousins. Vucevic, and that's not even that's not even a question for me at this point. I am I am so happy that you just said that, <laughs> dude. I I was I was on the Cousins train. Even I was on the cut. I was full on for Cousins after uh, or no before he. He tore his Achilles. And even afterwards, you know, I was thinking, well, you know, he he didn't really depend as much on athleticism for his style of play than, you know, other players that have done that before have. So I was even hopeful then. I was hopeful when he first came back and he had a couple of good games in limited minutes. But, man, after seeing a larger sample size, I – it's it's not even close for me. I'm I'm taking Vooch. Good choice. You were a very big boogie stand last year, um, and the year before. And I still I, I'm still a fan. I I like Boogie Cousins. He I just I just like the guy. I can't help it. I know he had a he had a bad reputation when he was in Sacramento, but he was well, he you was, try <laughs> you try playing in Sacramento, Dalton, and see how right. you like it. And he he was a great teammate in New Orleans. You know, I'm I'm close to the Pelicans down here and I've heard I heard nothing but great things about him, not just with his teammates, but around the franchise and in the community. You know, just he's just a great guy. And I think a lot of people don't realize that because they see him lose his temper on the court and they're just like, Oh man, there's something wrong with him. But I mean it, it's really not. He's a he's a great dude. I'll always be a fan, but yeah, I'm I'm out on uh, DeMarcus Cousins to Dallas. 
you know who I kind of liken Boogie to in another sport who I think has a really bad rep and um, he doesn't deserve it is Des Bryant. Like, yeah, I, I feel like they have very similar personalities and they're very misunderstood. And I think they're both actually really good teammates. And um, I don't know. I've just always kind of made that comparison. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I can see the, the similarities there. So the last thing that I want to do um, before we move on or end this thing or whatever is I want to bring this thing all the way back around to Kemba for a second. We're oh, not going to no. spend a whole. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time in it. And this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a would you rather? So we spent all this time talking about all these other, these different free agents, right? So I'm going to go through a list, and I want. I'm. This is going to be kind of a quick fire thing, and okay. I just want. I'm going to say a free agent, and then I'm going to say Kemba, and you're going to tell me which one you'd rather have. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. And right. then we're, we're going to go down the list and see where Kemba falls. Okay. All right. Kevin Durant or Kemba Walker? Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard or, Ke- or Kemba Walker? Kawhi. Clay Thompson or Kemba Walker? Clay. Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker? Kyrie Irving. Chris Middleton or Kimball Walker? Chris Middleton. Tobias Harris or Kimball Walker? Tobias Harris. <laughs> Jimmy Butler or Kimball Walker? Uh, it's getting harder now. Dadgummit. I'm going to pick Jimmy Butler, and that's going to make you so happy. D'Angelo Russell or Kimba Walker? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Kimba here. I'm going to take okay. Kimba over D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> so do you think the Mavericks are really going to feel that much differently that that Kimba Walker is the first on on their list? He's number one when we have him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have him eighth, right? Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll leave my. This is this will be my last thought on this, and I'll, uh, you know, we'll end this here. But here's the thing: I don't think Kimba is going to be the Mavs' primary target, like you know, like what the guy with the Charlotte Observer is being being told. But I will say this: if they get to July first. And the guys that we mentioned ahead of him are twiddling their thumbs and taking their dear sweet time and, you know, kind of the Mavs are kind of on the fence for them. They, they don't know – they don't want to commit or anything. And if if you have a guy like Kimba that just comes out and is like, I want to play in Dallas and I'm ready to sign right now, that, that makes it tough. I'm not saying that, that they don't wait out those other guys ahead of him on the list, but – it makes it tough if they do get in a situation like that because if you have a guy that's of Kimba Walker's caliber that wants to be a Maverick, uh, it just it makes it tough. I, I, you got to think about it. So that that's that's my last last thoughts on okay. Kimba. Okay, my last thought is that if the Dallas Mavericks sign Kimba Walker to a four year or five year max deal, whatever it is, it'd be four. It, okay, a four-year max deal, and 
Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, or Tobias Harris are are all unsigned at that point, <laughs> I will rain dragon fire down on the AAC. And we, That's all I'm saying. And we would hate that because we haven't seen Luca and Kristaps Porzingis play together yet. So let's let's really hope that that goes in a different direction. <laughs> but that that'll do it for this episode of the Step Back. We really appreciate you guys coming in and listening to us every week. Uh, as always, if you would just uh, you can like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. If you feel led to leave us a review on on iTunes, please do that. Uh, that helps us grow. Uh, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Matt's got us up and running on YouTube. Uh, but you know, again, we just we can't thank you guys enough. Matt, you got any last words? Uh, yeah, also just check out our work on DallasBasketball.com. Uh, Fish has a recap of the Mavs loss to the Spurs last night um, up. And then also uh, some some fairly breaking news on Chris Tapps Porzingis. We've got a story there. He's going to run his first uh, five-on-five practice uh, with no restrictions um, today, I think. And then um, there's also uh, his Fish's thoughts on Kemba Walker, uh, Fish also has he's, he did a lot of work this week. Uh, <laughs> Fish is always on the grind, dude. He that man does not stop. Uh, he's got a great great thing about uh, Luca and Greg Popovich running into each other at Nick and Sam's, and um, we're gonna bring you more stuff also throughout the week. So uh, just keep an eye out for that as well. Yeah, and like I said, we appreciate you guys. Uh, keep coming back. Keep telling your friends. And uh, we're going to keep bringing you guys the best Dallas Mavericks content we know how. So thank you again. You guys have a good rest of the week, good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit. You know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float. Only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.